Welcome back to the Encounter Radio Show with Bill Reeser on 99.1 FM Life Changing Radio, WJMM. So grateful for your support, so grateful that you tune in wherever you are, whether you're driving, whether you're at work, whether you're at the house, whether you're at the lake. Might be cool at the lake. I don't know. Weather's still nice. Uh, So grateful uh, that I get to be on this radio station talking about Encounter, talking about the Word, teaching people how to pray sharing God's goodness and grace with everyone who's listening. I've been so blessed throughout the years uh, to share my encounters uh, with God and the things that I've learned and share impart some of the wisdom that God's given me. And if you were listening with us for the past couple of days on the Encounter Radio Show last Friday or Thursday, I've been talking about what does God do? What do you do when God doesn't answer your prayers right away? What do you do? How do you keep praying uh, when God seems to be silent at times? And we talked about how the disciples asked Jesus to, one, increase their faith, and two, teach them how to pray. We shared examples that whenever Jesus taught us how to pray, there was one common theme, and that was that God didn't answer prayers right away. And it's not like my batting average is better than anyone else's, but I'm going down swinging for the fences. And then we talked about the story of of Martha and Mary and how both of them approached Jesus when he was at their house. Martha was busy in the kitchen. She was distracted. Mary was at his feet. She poured perfume on him. Then fast forward, we're talking about uh, the story in the Bible where their brother passed away, and they called for their brother. And we and I, and again, I want everyone listening to see this story of Martha, Mary, and Lazarus in the context of prayer. What happens when you call upon God? God delays. God makes a decision, calls an audible, and says, I'm not going to go there right away. I'm not going to answer that prayer right away. And Jesus gives us clear examples and teaches us What's going on when he doesn't answer prayers right away? And we talked about that uh, the other day on the, on, the encounter, on the Encounter Radio Show. We talked about that the Father would get the glory, his son Jesus, that his son Jesus Christ, that his son would be glorified through any answer of any prayer. And we talk, talked about adding that to our prayer arsenal. Father, let Jesus Christ be glorified. By the answering of this prayer. And Jesus said, I didn't come right away. I didn't answer that prayer right away so that people may believe. And so one of the answers, and one of the reasons why God doesn't answer prayers right away is so that we would believe. And a lot of times, tragically, what happens is, is that people pray and they don't get the answer when they want it because they look at God as like a spiritual genie or a spiritual ATM. They don't believe. And they let unbelief rule the day. Instead of believing and persisting and knocking and knocking and wearing God out with their prayers and coming and coming to God and never stopping. And so here's a situation where Martha and Mary, their brother, their brother's you know, is sick. He their brother dies. Uh, Jesus doesn't even call it death. Jesus, Jesus says he's just asleep and I'm gonna wake him up. And both of them approach. Both of them approached uh, Jesus. Uh, Martha approached Jesus the same way she did in the kitchen. 
uh, standing up and saying, if you were here, my brother would be alive. But then she still had a lot of faith, and she, her and Jesus have a conversation. But then Mary approaches Jesus, and she said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Same exact words, same complaint, same frustration, but different posture. See, Mary approached Jesus in a similar way, but she approached him. Uh, she approached him. She, Mary approached him at his feet. And I don't know if you can see this. We talked about this. She's not wailing, screaming, and crying at him, but in front of him. And Jesus saw her. And Jesus started to weep. And then some of them people started complaining. They said, could he not open the eyes of the blind man who kept this man from dying? And Jesus once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. Here's where we pick up the story. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. And he said this, take away the stone. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there's a bad odor for he has been there four days. Then Jesus said, didn't I not tell you that if you believe you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus looked up and said this. Now this is going to really encourage you in your prayer life. And here's what Jesus said. Father, I thank you that you heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I said this for the benefit of people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. That is such a powerful statement. And that can be a game-changing, prayer-changing, life-altering statement of truth that you can incorporate into your prayer life. And it could revolutionize your prayer life simply by whenever you pray, you could look up to heaven like Jesus did, and you can say, Father, I thank you that you hear me. You always hear me when I pray. And if you really believe that, we go back to that first scripture that whatever we have, that if we pray according to his will, we have what we ask. It'll take your prayer life to a whole new level if you can declare by faith, knowing that God hears you when you pray. A lot of Christians praying, they don't, they're not sure if God hears them. But God does hear us. And Jesus said, I said this for the benefit of people standing here and that they may believe that you sent me. So that we may believe and please God without faith. I, again, I encourage you to add this to your prayer arsenal. Father, I thank you that you always hear me when I pray. Father, answer this. Here's the other thing that we learned the other day. Father, answer this prayer so that everyone around me will know and believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of my, the Son of God and my personal Lord and Savior and a prayer answering God. Let's get back to the story. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. I don't know what the last thing Lazarus said or thought before he died, but I can tell you who he heard first when he was dead after four days. Jesus, the dead man came out his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. And Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. That's another major statement. See, the devil makes it his business to keep Christians in bondage, bound and gagged, actually imprisoned by their own grave clothes. It's a quote by A.W. Tozer. See, Jesus Christ has provided through his finished work on the cross and his resurrection a new set of clothes, with the label righteousness and holiness that are glorious, pure, and beautiful and reflect the very heart of God. 
So here's the question. Which clothes are you going to put on today? Because when it comes to praying to God, when it comes to just pursuing God, getting into his presence, growing our relationship with the Father, again, being the purpose of prayer, the grave clothes have to come off. When Lazarus was made alive by Jesus Christ, do you think when he came out of that tomb, he kept his grave clothes on? See, there was a death, a burial, and a resurrection when we gave our lives to Jesus Christ. The old is gone and the new has come. The old nature and the old grave clothes that we once wore, well, those are dead. Those are buried. Those need to be crucified along with everything about our old self, our old lives, and everything we used to be. And we need to get dressed with the clothes of Christ every day. That's why Romans 13, 14 says, rather clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. So why should we continue to walk around in our old grave clothes? If we've really repented, if if we really trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ, if we really have walked away from our old life and we know that we were made new, why would we want to continue to walk around in our old grave clothes and our old lives anymore? See, grave clothes represent the things we used to do when we were spiritually dead. Grave clothes... represent addictions and worldly things that we hold on to grave clothes represent things in your past that you keep holding on to patterns of thinking and living that are rooted in in the old man the old nature and the sin of that that we all inherited from adam grave clothes represent all of our old habits before we were born again they represent shame guilt regrets our limited beliefs in what god can do in our lives See, one problem is that some of our grave clothes are so comfortable, we don't ever want to take them off. But I want to tell you today, there's a dress code for the holy place of prayer. And I want to tell you today, no grave clothes allowed. And we have to take authority over Satan. And and sometimes it's not just us, but it's other people that we know that he's keeping, that he's just plaguing with and just messing with their minds and we got to command them to take his grave clothes off the loved ones that off our loved ones and let them go we have to take authority like jesus did you see friends god's calling you even in your storms of addiction that you can't beat and afflictions that you can't overcome depression that you can't escape disappointment that you can't get over fears that you can't overpower and weaknesses that you can't subdue god's not waiting for you to get it all together he's coming to you just as you are I want to encourage you today to step out and walk towards Christ. To step out of that grave. To get out of those grave clothes. Get out of that tomb. So that you can understand the keeping power of the Holy Spirit. See, when people get to a place in their lives where the stronghold is too strong, the, you know, the infliction is too deep, the depression too dark, or the disappointment too great, fear can leave you in a place of powerlessness. But it's at that point where you can start to hear the voice of God telling you to get up out of that grave. Get up, get up, get up out of that grave and start to move towards the sound of his voice. And when you answer that call, you'll find yourself doing things that nobody but those who God calls can do. He'll give you abilities that only come from God. The Holy Spirit will take you into places only God can take you. He'll give you giftings that only come from the hand of God. He'll heal you and set you free. He'll give you peace that the world doesn't offer. So today I want to encourage you, confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And for the first time, maybe for some, just say yes to what Jesus is calling you out of. See, God only raises dead people. 
There can never be a resurrection in your life until a death occurs. That's why Jesus said this about Lazarus. He said, Lazarus is dead, and I'm glad I wasn't there. See, many of us are so mad at God because we called on God to intervene in a, in a certain situation. But God is saying, I'm glad I wasn't there. One, so that the Son of God may be glorified in your life. Two, so that you may believe. Three, so that you would persevere in prayer. Four, that you would always know that when you pray, God hears you. And knowing all that, it should encourage you to keep coming to God, to keep wearing God out, to, to wrestle with God, and to never let go until God blesses you. Get into your prayer closet. Never stop praying. Knock and knock and knock and knock and knock until God answers the door. Never stop praying. Never lose hope. Keep coming. Keep praying. Keep knocking. Never lose faith. Never lose hope. Never lose courage because God is a prayer answering God. He's faithful. He's been faithful. He will always be faithful. And nothing you could ever do could ever change that. And God is a prayer-answering God who's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's never changed. And he is faithful. One thing you can say at the end of your life, at the end of every year, at the end of every season of your life, is that God is faithful. And I want to encourage you to approach Jesus at his feet, to adore him, to be in his presence, and choose the better thing. Choose the God thing over the better thing all the time. And always know that God loves you and experience the power of prayer through Jesus Christ as Lord and your Lord and Savior.